Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a brand new podcast from the lovely people at the Double Down Podcast Network. Uh, for those of you that are new to our little corner of the internet, I am Chris Bolton, writer, director, now podcaster, uh, and I'm joined as I am on most of these podcasts by my partner in podcasting, producer, writer, and podcaster, and probably a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm sure he can tell you about, Mr. Mark Williams. I get called a lot, but that's probably the nicest. Uh, yeah, I'm in a good mood tonight. <laughs> I'm excited to be starting a new show. So, um, yeah, so uh, welcome for those of you that are new. For those of you who aren't, you've probably heard the genesis of this show happen over the last couple of weeks on our other podcasts. Um, but look, if you're here and you listen to this, you either have an interest in Game of Thrones in that you've watched it, or maybe you're just curious about it and you're about to start watching it. Um, Either way, this is going to be an episode-by-episode rewatch. We've called it Game of Moans because as... Well, I mean, I think you'd have to be living under a rock to have bypassed the reaction to the final episode of Game of Thrones on the internet. Um, I I don't think it's just the final episode. I think it's the final series in general. Um, There was a a great deal of dissatisfaction over. Um, And we'll we'll get to that when we get to uh, to Season 8. We'll we'll go into that in more detail. But I think... um, largely it was unwarranted i think a lot of what was said was quite disrespectful to the people who created the show and who were, were running the show um but yeah i mean at the end of the day it's a product that you you don't have to watch and if you choose to then you can take what you get having said all of that i am going to spend the next 70 odd episodes pretty much ragging on this show <laughs> <laughs> but you know as, as a viewer and, a, and, a, and a, a patron and a customer that's that's your right yeah i mean look i I have a love-hate relationship with with Game of Thrones, and that's that's kind of where the the, the genesis, if you like, of the, this podcast came in. I I don't believe that the problems that people have all of a sudden woken up and noticed were exclusive to season eight. I believe they've been there since very early on, and I certainly have been banging my drum about some of the issues with this show for a long time. However. Having said that, I've tuned in every week to watch it. I've thoroughly enjoyed the journey. I at times absolutely love this show but then other times i absolutely fucking loathe it um oh and by the way um if you haven't noticed already i do have a bit of a potty mouth and so does mark so yeah (laughs) fair warning there's gonna be swearing here (laughs) yeah also if you hadn't noticed on the uh on the episode guide on itunes or wherever you get your podcast from there'll be a little e next to the uh the title that kind of gives it away we swear a lot uh yeah a hell of a lot but then i'm guessing although that's it i don't think i actually have yet uh no i think it's probably some sort of record for me i think i popped our cherry yeah it's generally the other way around i think isn't it but yeah I think, usually yeah i think i dropped the first f-bomb um i mean if you're watching the show or if you plan to watch the show then our language is going to be the last of your worries to be honest um but yeah it, to be it's fair it's kind of just, on a par um, it's worth just mentioning that yes we've called it game of moans and i hope that signifies that everything we are going to do here is fairly light-hearted um just like on on one of our other shows better than mario you know i do want to make clear from the outset here that i understand how horribly difficult it is to create entertainment and especially to please people so nothing is said here with any kind of malice I just, I mean, Mark and I are in a position where we're able to kind of see behind the wizard's curtain a little bit because we've we've created 
on a much lower budget, mind you, we, we have created this sort of thing ourselves. Um, and, you know, therefore, sometimes you see problems. Uh, and there's a lot of them yeah, to that, see. That's right. I mean, I, I've got to say that I came into the show quite late. Um, I think season three was just about ending. Um, we'd been um, living abroad and came back and I uh, visited a cousin um, who... Um, just for the sake of his anonymity, I'll call Shmave. Um and he introduced me to a show, and he um, he um, gave me some fairly iffy versions on a USB stick of the first couple of seasons. Oh, always the um, best way I... to watch a TV show, guys. Just for you know, please do watch things illegally. Of course, we, <laughs> of course, absolutely, we yeah. That. That's 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 the way to do it. No, I mean it was. I have since gone back and bought, um, so I feel slightly vindicated in this. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I, I binged the first three seasons. I don't know, it was the first four seasons, actually. I binged them in about two weeks. Um, so, so yeah, and I mean, I, I came to the show and I, I don't have the, the baggage a lot of people had where you know, you'd have 10 episodes and you'd have to wait the best part of a year for for another installment and you couldn't wait to see what happened next. I just absolutely hammered through it in, in no time at all. And I, I'm, I'm a fan of the show. I mean, I, I came to, I'm not really a big um a fantasy dragons role play type of sort of person. Uh, you know, we have a, a semi regular game that we were involved in, but it's not really you know, my bag. And so, seeing the way this was marketed and the way it was advertised, one really bothered, couldn't really care less. And so, when I came to it, I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, but I think part of it was the fact that I could just hammer through it in, in a very short space of time. Then getting into into real time and having to watch it and having to wait like a schlub like everybody else. And especially having to wait a year and a half for the last series, that kind of fucked me off more than it should have. But as as you said, no, it's I don't have a love hate relationship with the show. I very much enjoyed this show, and so the, yes, okay, we are going to be criticizing or critiquing quite not in, in quite a lot of depth. It's not to say that we're going to be ragging on the show for the sake of ragging on it. No, not at all. And as I say, I should be clear. I I too would say I am a fan of this show. Um, certainly um film tv and and game for that matter and and comics just media in general is something that frequently comes up in conversation amongst our friends group and game of thrones has been a big topic of conversation for the last eight years um generally <laughs> i am the one ragging on it uh, and i <laughs> look i do get quite irate as well um my my background with the show though very much similar to yours i was introduced to it uh, by my wife who was reading the books i took one look at the thickness of those books and like yourself not being into high fantasy at all just thought no fuck that that's not for me um however since it was on tv i thought okay we'll give it a shot that was at that point the first two seasons were out so i binged through the first two seasons um and then picked it up on an episodic basis from there. And thinking back now as we begin this rewatch, um, it, it'll be interesting for me to see whether the quality was genuinely better in those early seasons, as I seem to remember it being, or whether it was that I binged it. Because having reflected on it slightly, I do feel like with the scope of this story, it is very easy to lose some of the kind of minutiae uh, on a week-to-week -week basis, whereas yes. when you binge it, uh, obviously you're able to follow characters and threads through a lot more easily. So, yeah. so maybe that had something to do with it as well. But yeah, in general, I love the show. I could not wait to watch it every week. I tuned in every week, and I kept coming back despite, like, literally throwing things at the TV in some cases because <laughs> I was so angry. I have never known 
another another example of filmed entertainment that has made me as angry as this show and on such a regular basis um i think for me the only one that did it is walking dead i didn't have it with this show um but with certainly the last couple of series walking with walking dead i've just given up because i just I had that same reaction as oh, fuck, so why have you done that what are you doing that for really yeah how did that happen he should have already been dead and i just lost patience with it and i, I didn't have and i've not met many people who've had that reaction with this show before um so yeah it's quite it's quite interesting and i think you're right i think that there are lots of little details and i've gone back i had started anyway um before we talked about doing the show i started re-watching it from the beginning just because it's finished so why the fuck wouldn't i um no no it's all available i can watch all eight seasons in one go on no on on streaming um so yeah i thought i'll go back to the end there's so much in this first season i've forgotten about me too me too, um, and we'll get onto that on a, on an episodic basis. We do. Um, it, it almost feels like a totally different show, but we'll we'll get onto that shortly. Yeah. I just briefly want to jump up and down and throw my hat in the ring in defence of The Walking Dead. Save for the one, yes, yeah, save for the magic dumpster. I know. Um, I I think The Walking <laughs> Dead has consistently been one of the best written and certainly best directed shows on TV. Whether it's to your personal taste or not, I guess is is fair enough. Um. I would absolutely hold it up as an example of everything that this show does wrong being done right, in my opinion. Um, as I say, we'll we'll jump on the reasons that I that I get so angry with the show as and when they crop up. And actually, I don't think there's going to be too many of them in the first season because I certainly don't remember getting too angry in the first season. Um, it's really once the bodies start dropping that I start to get wound up. Um, yeah, I mean, to to be fair, I mean the first the first couple of episodes because they're setting up so much. Yes, um, it's preamble. It's very, you know, yeah, the, there's not that much time. Well, there's not that much time to lose patience with it because it's there's always something going on. It's only once you start getting into I think so sort of this probably halfway through the second and into the third season where they start getting a bit talky, um, mm-hmm. but not really saying anything. I think that's where the, the dip came for me, um, and obviously. It's interesting now, having got all the way to the end and now going back to the beginning, trying to pick up things that you will have overlooked. So there's so many things that you do overlook that you think, well, that's not, that's, that's not important. That's never going to come up again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, okay, right. In season seven, that's going to happen. Yeah. And you think, oh, right, okay, fuck. So, I mean, it's it's, it's interesting. And going back through it now, I think this is going to be uh, quite quite fun. There, there is a lot, especially in this first episode, there is a lot whereby I think if you're one of the people that had problems with the way uh, the series ended, the it, it actually, for all that, that there was problems with that last season, and there definitely was huge, huge problems. I really literally have never been so angry as I was at the end of episode three of this season. Um, but everybody's story really does tie up quite neatly, to be fair. And if you if you watch the first episode and then jump forward to the last episode it does work and you can see a lot of the characters arcs being set up here and they're actually set up quite well we'll get into that as we come i think this is probably a a good point to just issue a blanket spoiler warning um maybe we'll yeah. put one on the show anyway i think it would be good if we try and not throw forward too far at the end of the day we're trying to do an episode by episode rewatch but obviously yeah. we are doing it oh, to be, from to be from that's to say. To be fair, if you if you've got this far into the show and you haven't realised there's going to be spoilers, what the fuck you think you, you think is going to happen? Uh, yeah, but you never know. There may be some people out there who, who are deciding to watch along with us, and if you are, 
say hello to us and and offer us your thoughts. And if yeah. you're not, offer us your thoughts. If you disagree with what I'm saying, which I'm sure you will, because I come across this whenever I bring Game of Thrones up in conversation generally, <laughs> then please feel free to th- you know throw your hat in the ring. Um, let's keep it civil, but I, I'm willing to debate this with you. Um, I, I I am very much aware that I am in the minority, or at least was until uh, everybody else started yeah, seeing, until, until about 10 weeks yeah, ago seeing the problems in season 8 which which actually for me was was a little bit satisfying if i'm honest <laughs> I, I don't generally like to say i told you so but there certainly was a, an element from me of like it's always been like this and you've argued against it <laughs> it's always been there guys and and we'll point it out but as i say that that's what that's where I'm coming from here, and, and that's why we've called the show Game of Moans. It's going to be lighthearted. We're going to point out the positive as well as the negative, you know. But um, yeah, just just expect me to, to highlight a lot of issues as we go through. Maybe you've noticed them yourselves. Maybe you haven't. I just hope I don't ruin this for you if you do love the show. Yeah, no, it it does run that risk of you. We'll start pointing things out, or one of us will point something out, and the other one of us or people listening will have gone. Oh shit! Yeah, I'd realise that. And then all of a sudden, it's the only thing you see. Yeah. So sorry if that happens. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day. But thanks for listening. If you, if you love a thing, then you do you. Carry on loving that thing and just look past. The Absolutely. Floor. God knows, I watch some utter shit and love it. So you do. Yeah, you. listen to any of our other shows, and you'll pick uh, that yeah. up. <laughs> okay. Um. So. So I guess, yeah, I mean, we spent a quarter of an hour talking about what this show's going to be. So I guess let's get into it. You don't want to hear us ramble all night about what we're planning to do. Um, let's get on with the show, yeah, I guess. let's just do it. Yeah, yeah so, um, so episode one then, season one, episode one, uh, called Winter is Coming. Um, you'll hear that a lot. Um, I think it's, I think there was a drinking game in the first season that every time somebody said winter is coming, you had to do like six shots. That kind of, so that's after... kind of tailed off now, isn't it? The winter, in coming, winter is coming thing. By the end, it was like, have you forgot that winter's coming? I know. I mean, I know spoilers. Well, I know winter yeah. came, but still, you know. Yeah, but you know, it was it was one of those. I think in the first episode, it's said like thirty times or something like that. It's every, it's literally any time Sean Bean is on the screen, you get it at least once. Um, and so yeah, I mean, they they kind of set it up quite well. They they set up what the show was going to be. Um, before I go into the details of the show, um, it starts off where before you even have the credits, um, you get seven minutes of. Um, uh, members of the Night's Watch go north of the wall and they find a murder scene uh, and then when they go back to it the bodies aren't there anymore because they've risen from the dead and they attack the the, um, the rangers. Yeah, now this this opening um, I, had, I had forgotten about this opening but as soon as I started watching it um, when I first started binging the show I was watching it on what was then Sky Plus but not Sky Plus which is like a DVR thing for those of you listening outside of the UK uh, but it was over the internet and it was, it was very early streaming technology and it kept freezing specifically on a shot of, of one of the Night's Watch on a horse and it just brought back mm. these memories of like oh yeah I remember this and then I remembered the scene um, and I'm surprised I forgot it because this is one of the best I think one of the best openings to a show I have ever seen. It's superb. It's so full of suspense. It, it, it is and it isn't. The, the aesthetic of it, and especially the bit where they're coming through Castle Black and they're coming through the tunnel, and sort of before anyone opens their mouths, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But then, do you know the, the, the kid in The Simpsons, like the teenager who has all the shit jobs, like he works in Krusty Burger, he works at the movie theatre, yeah. has that really squeaky, annoying screech type voice. Yeah. The first thing, the f- one of the first characters you meet who opens his mouth is um, 
I can't remember his name, um, but he's one of the nice watchmen, and he just reminded me of him because he was so fucking annoying. Yeah, I mean, it's not so much. Right up until that point, I was absolutely hooked because it looked beautiful. Uh, totally, I'm totally then, hooked. And then, and then, as soon as he opened his mouth, I was like, "Oh for fuck's sake, what am I doing?" And it was kind of like a bad English B movie, like a, there's an, a an lot of that in movie. this season. It, the budgetary, the budgetary yeah. restraints are clear. Um, there is a lot of walking through glades and scenes by the side of, uh, of little streams, just because we're on location because it's cheaper than doing cgi um i yeah. guess marginally um but I, I think as an opening show and bearing in mind i'm somebody that knew nothing about the books hadn't read them like i say sword and sorcery not my thing give me spaceships and superheroes any day over sword and sorcery so i had no kind of interest so i, I had no idea what i was walking into um and then you get this superb suspenseful opening that like they really ratch the tension all the way up and it's shot like a fucking horror film and i'm like okay well this isn't what i was expecting and then all of a sudden there's fucking zombies so yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay not what i expected at all but i'm in like it hooked me there and then that was it and then weirdly then for this first season like you, you still get quite a lot of the white walkers i think in, in the first season or at least mention of them but it became yeah. more of a kind of and again a little bit of a throw forward so i won't go too much into detail but it, it, it kind of becomes like a fantasy medieval murder mystery this first season it's it's yeah. really like ned stark playing sherlock for the majority of this season and i'd forgotten <laughs> how much i liked that and how much that was a thing that i enjoyed um yeah um i don't want to say too much about ned stark but i mean the the way this certainly the first season was marketed and this first episode was very much set up this is ned stark's show yes and you get you know his relationship with uh king robert and this uh, he, he had they, they they allude to this war that they had they don't get to too much detail um you've got these um they've got this um the, the lannister household which nobody really likes they're all a bunch of pricks but they're kind of there because they know there's one of them married the king and you, you, they, they really go out, go to town in setting up this this world, and you think, right, this is going to be the story for the next however many years it is, and then once it starts jumping around, you think, hang on, what what's going on? Where the fuck yeah. are we? And all of a sudden, you're you're in Pentos, which I'm assuming is France. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of these these continents all get very confusing. Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm working on the theory that if if the south of Westeros is relatively um, temperate, and then the sense. north is cold yeah. and grim. So that would make it Britain, and then across the narrow sea is France, or maybe northern Spain. Yeah, that would that would make sense. And it kind of it kind of looks like that sort of uh, setting yeah, as well. That would make sense. Um, but yeah, just just to go quickly back to that opening, I I genuinely think it's top notch until we get a horrible fucking fade into the credits <laughs> that completely yes. ruins all atmosphere that has been built up it's just disgraceful again it, it kind of smacks of that sort of old b-movie style that you used to it get it really does it really really does um and just it just pulls you straight out of, of the scene like it's i mean it's the end of the scene anyway but at that point like you absolutely you fucking had me like you, I, I was in and then you just pull me straight out of it it's but anyway, it's into the credits, so you were going to be pulled out anyway. Um, yeah. 
Especially when the credits then, are like 40 minutes long. Yeah, then we then we come back from the credits and lo and behold, we're in, we're in Winterfell. And, and this is where um i mentioned with, without spoiling too much about the amount of things that are that are thrown forward into the into the into the finale yeah then um if if you look at for instance Arya's story right from the start the very first time we're introduced to her she outshoots bran from a distance yeah she just completely robin hoods the motherfucker yeah now can i um, say at this point as well um i'm in a fairly large minority i realize um from the from the very first episode, I thought Arya Arya was a brilliant character, and I thought that there was a lot of mileage in there because she was the polar opposite of Sansa, who was getting all the attention. And I just I I, I had it in mind that they were going to do something really impressive with her. Um, went a bit cold in the middle, but I think that largely, certainly across the, um, to the, the the evolution of the character, I think was absolutely fantastic up until the end of season seven. I I totally agree. Um, I think you're right. I think there was a moment where we started getting into the house of many faces and stuff like that, where I was just like, oh my God, get on with it. Well, I think that um, there was a lot of potential there. It just wasn't... They oh, didn't spend was, enough time with it to be interesting. Ever. Yeah, it, it took... There was a lot of talk in there. A lot of... And there was a lot of bullshit. And that's part of my problem with, with fantasy and high fantasy in general. Yeah. Is there is such an obsession on bullshit detail. Um, and there was, a, there was a lot of that. But yeah... His story kind of sagged in the middle there, and then obviously it came back up. I I have zero issue with where her character went early on in hmm. season eight. I just have issue with the way certain things were handled, um, and I have very little issue actually with with where her character ended up. However, I do have a huge issue with her turning her back on everything in the finale. But we'll. We'll yeah. come to that. We'll get to that in about we'll four years' time. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so she's introduced well. Um, we see Bran climbing around. Lovely yeah. bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah. Um, in fact, he even gets told off for it. He is told like stop climbing or something. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna hurt yourself or or some sort of shit like that. But even even to a point where he's um, uh, his mother makes him promise that he'll stop climbing, and he looks at his feet and then says, "I promise." And she says, "I know you. No, you always look at your feet when you're lying." And instead of giving him a clip, which is what any parent would have done, she tells him to run along and find his dad. Now, I'm yeah. sorry, if that had been me, I'd have been abs- I'd have had the absolute shit kicked out of me for that. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, then we get, I mean, this is this is later on in the episode, but we're talking about the setup of these arcs now, so it seems like a logical place to kind of bring it in. Um, when Benjin shows up and, and John is fighting, and, and he's sort of fighting a dummy, Benjamin's remarking on, on John's capability and how he's not quite ready for the wall yet and all John wants to do with his life at this point he's a young man about to set out on his journey and all he wants to do is join the Night's Watch well that's it I think that the, the problem is and it, it, again it has its medieval feel to it but his entire life has been about not fitting in anywhere it's yeah. about you know you're a bastard you don't belong with the Starks you're not a Stark you're, you know, you're Ned Stark's bastard. So, so all the time he's constantly reminded, and Tyrion um, comes at him um, at, just at, uh, just after Benjamin leaves, and has gives the very sage advice: is that you know own what you are, because people will always try and use it against you. And over time, that sort of comes through with John that people and getting to the end that people will try and use what he is to their own advantage. But it's it's at this point you kind of see him go, see his other cogs turning, going right. Well. He's right, but I do belong at the wall because that's where bastards go. But you can belong yeah. there. That's somewhere where you can have a family because it doesn't matter how you were born or what you've done. 
you're there, you have a brotherhood, and that's how you live. And yes. that's kind of all he wants. And I think it's a very, yes. um, it's a very interesting... Very simple existence, yeah. essentially. That's it. Uh, just, that... just acceptance. Yeah. And I think that's something that, I mean, you look at um, the way that Theon is... So, certainly, Theon is a twat the entire way through. I'll right. I, 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 keep, I keep notes as, as we go, okay? And I know people are all about his redemption and stuff like that. Look, no. I literally... My note that I've written here, Theon Greyjoy was, is, and always will be a complete cock. Absolutely, um, worst character in the whole show. I oh, if if I could reach through the screen and punch the motherfucker <laughs> without yeah. breaking my TV, I would. Well, that's it. And, and, and there was always this thing that like, he's he's always very snide, and I mean, um, it comes up later in the season. So I'm going to too much detail, but you know, given the fact that he is effectively a kept slave, yes, um, of the Starks. The yeah. fact that he he sees fit because he's a legit he's a legitimate child, despite the fact he's a, he's an indentured servant or whatever, he is still he still feels superior to to, to Jon Snow because Jon is not is not the legitimate child. He's a bastard, and I think that again it kind of speaks to where the character is that you know Theon is always sniping and he's always sniping everybody because as you said he's a twat, um, but he's a coward. He's, as well is what he yeah. is. That's why he snipes. Yeah, because he doesn't want to be, he wants people to think he's being strong. He wants people to think that he's more he's important, he's clever, when in fact he's just a turd. Um but that kind of plays in as well because you know, any time that anybody does anything, especially when John does anything, that when he when he um finds the finds the last Iowolf, it's the fact that you know, it's the run to the litter. Or that would be yours because you're a bastard. And it, it, it's just these constant pot shots and you can understand why the way it's set up he he would want this existence where he can just fuck off into the night and never be seen again. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a cunt, and and it's the 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 direwolves. Um, something I've got written down as well. I guess we're we're jumping around a little bit here. Um, but just quickly, I, I guess we've seen Theon's setup there. Um, Sansa's setup is is given beautifully here as well. She she's just fangirling over Joffrey. Yes. Um, which sets her off on on her journey. Um, but. To um to go back to to the whole direwolf thing, um, here's my f- like there's very few issues that I have with this episode to be fair, um but then it's it's a pilot so, you know there's very little can go wrong at this stage, um, but this is one of the big issues I have like we're talking about the the head of House Stark here Ned Stark, yeah and it takes his illegitimate bastard child to remind him that direwolves are the sigil of his own house like that is actual spoken dialogue yeah <laughs> like what look i understand that we're all new to this world and these characters need to give us information there needs to be exposition here but for fuck's sake you don't have to be that clumsy yeah um it was it was quite poor um and also the fact that there are five stark children Yes. So I'm sure he knows how many kids he's got. Yeah, it's horrible. The, the the dialogue in general in this episode is absolutely disgraceful. I mean, there's even a point where the Lannisters are arriving with the king and they literally all get called out by name and position. It's like Lannister roll call. Yeah. It's it's horrible. It's so clumsy. And, and with a show that, I mean, that maybe they didn't know, well, they, I'm I'm sure they didn't know that they were going to get eight years of it at this point, but they at least have a full season. 
you don't have to tell us everything straight away. It's okay. No. We can kind of work it out as we go. Um, you, you can, but Give I think the audience certain, some credit. There were certain you know? things that you had to kind of... Um, you had it very early on um, when you, when we were in King's Landing before the, before everybody came north to Winterfell. Um, Cersei and Jamie were um, at the... Um, the Septon, they're, they're, um, they're, they're looking over the body of John Aaron. And there's lots of talk about... No, he knew about us. What if he told the king this and the other? And at some point, Cersei actually refers to him as little brother, just in case you hadn't realised that these, you know, these two who were shamelessly flirting were actually brother and sister. But and that's fine. I mean, that... that that's fine. But then you get that later on, where it's yeah. that's that's the queen's that's the queen that's the queen's brother. Just in case you missed that scene five minutes ago. Yes, and it is literally spoken out loud in that manner. Yeah, it's. And again, again, one of the reasons that I like uh, I liked Arya in the first episode is that she gives absolutely zero fuck. She has no social cues whatsoever. So no, as loud as she possibly can. Where's the imp? No, yeah. no, and knowing full well that this, this is going to be a very disrespectful uh, moniker that he's picked up, to a point where Cersei even says to Jamie, "Where is our little, no, where is our little brother?" Uh, again, introducing him as their brother, but then it's the, the fact that she's just you now. Shouting off to everybody else, well, shut the fuck up, you can't say that. Mm. And she just doesn't give a shit, which I think was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, there's also, um, round about that point as well, just when they're getting ready for the Lannisters' arrival, is it is another one of these horrible pieces of dialogue. And also just... <sighs> I, I don't even know what they were thinking here. I guess they were thinking, Jesus Christ, it's expensive to keep puppies around or to shrink <laughs> these puppies. Um, but it's been... Or at least it's in, the kind of insinuation is that it's been maybe it's a, a month, week, isn't it? a month or so since they it, found the direwolves, and Catelyn's like, "Christ, the direwolves grow fast or something." I'm like, "Yeah, it's absolutely horrible." And I think it's it's set up that it's a month because later on, you, um, Cersei says that they've been travelling for a month, uh, and I that mean, that's announced literally the next scene after they again, find the direwolves. So did we it's, need it's, to even see the direwolf at that point? You could have left it for another couple of weeks and then. We'd have probably forgotten that they were tiny little pups, <laughs> to be fair. Well, that's it, because by the time you get, in, I mean, even to the next episode, um, where the, the um, where Arya's direwolf um, plays a pretty big part, um, it's it, it's not quite full grown, but it's not a puppy anymore. No. And but no, it kind of it, it's. I think that's the idea is it gives you a, a scale of time that it took them a month for um, Robert and the Lannisters to travel north. It's going to take about the same amount of time for. Um, everyone to travel south in the next episode so it kind of it, they're trying to sell that I think they're trying to sort of establish that to give a sense of scale of the country yeah which they completely just... throw out the window by the time we get to about season 4 or 5 <laughs> yes and everybody can well, just magically appear anywhere in, in, in hours um, well there actually there is a, an element of that in this season as well which I'll come to um, later on it happens in King's Landing but I'll, I'll come back to that um, I'll come back to that later yeah um, and then while all this is going on as well, the boys are having to have some haircuts and shaves and stuff. Yeah. And they're all just stood around with their tops off for no reason whatsoever. And I had forgotten, like, later on, I think the show kind of dialed back on the nudity and the gratuitous sex. And, and to be fair, a little bit on the violence as well. But 
bloody as, as hell, as these first few seasons are like they're on the edge of softcore porn. They're... Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think from from what I've read, um, I think by the time they got to about season three, season four, when they were renegotiating contracts, because they were on shit money as well for the first couple of years, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was Amelia Clark who sort of spearheaded the fact that actually, I have a character; I don't need to be naked all the time. You don't need to be see. You need don't need to see me get fucked eight ways from Sunday every week because like, my character is doing stuff. My character is important, and at that point, they sort of actually, yeah, that's a fair point. We don't need all. No, we don't need the constant sex. Some of the characters will, you know, people like Bronn, who we haven't met yet, but you know, you know, Tyrion's always in and out of brothels. The early, you know, a couple of early seasons, you get it from those characters, but you don't necessarily need every character to be topless half the time. No, and I think the reason they had this scene where you've got um, Rob, Theon, and John getting shaved and not getting shorn and and the haircuts and the rest of it. It's just to counter the fact that not too long after this, you'll have Amelia Clark completely naked. Uh, before that, we cut to Tyrion's quarters, and it's it's tits yes. and go-go. Um, yes, it is. It's it's, and there's no need for it at all. Like, no, like don't get me wrong, it's not like it's hard on the eye or anything like that. But it just serves <laughs> no purpose. We could have got around that scene and insinuated all of that without knockers flying everywhere. Well, that's it, and then just I mean, like the boys scene... can have a shave without their tops off. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it, uh, and I mean it's the the fact that that scene then becomes an orgy. It kind of belittles the characters because you've got had this entire thing where Jamie is very serious all the way through, and you no, know, he will carry on carry on being serious for the next eight seasons. But in this one scene, he's just a really happy go lucky guy who happens to get his brother a load of whores for no reason other than the fact that he'd be late for dinner. Yeah, it's... what the fuck. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The I think I have the wrong brother. The, yeah, the nudity is just out of fucking control. It really is. Um, but look, but it is what it is. It's certainly not. I'm, I'm yeah, not going to complain too much about it. I, I just it's it's totally gratuitous. Um, it is, but I think if it's the sort of thing that offends, then you're probably not really. Then you're not, it's not really the right show for you anyway. Uh, no, there are far more offensive things. It's not the nudity itself that's offensive. It's how the nudity is framed. Um, and to be fair, I guess at least in, in the case of Tyrion, there is a character argument to be made for he is somebody that drinks and whores. Um, yes. That's, yeah. When we come on to Danny later on, we'll talk about that then. Um, yeah, so again, we get some shitty dialogue as well because you mentioned about Arya going missing and we literally get the spoken line where's Arya Sansa where's your sister if you haven't worked out that they're sisters yet you're a little bit slow on the uptake to say the least yeah that's right um, and uh, uh, Sophie Turner actually does a really a really good really convincing petulant teenage shrug yes. which says I don't give two fucks she's not here I don't care yeah and again, it's. I mean, I think they were sort of. I think she was sort of you know, twelve, thirteen at the time, wasn't she? And it, she, she, the way she's portrayed in this episode, the way she, the way she sells this character, I think it's, it's very, it's for the character, the way the character is set out. I think she gets it absolutely spot on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um... And I, I think that that one that one exchange with um, with um, Karen Fitz, um Ned or Cat, who says, "Where's Arya?" and she just shrugs and turns away. Yeah. That to me, no, that to me, because yes, okay, no, some of her stuff later on is a bit shitty, but the 
that sets her up perfectly for what she will go on to do later on, especially in the later series, series when she becomes a bit more important. That that's a for me that was a that's the very basis of her character before that she's kind of simpering and kind of um, I don't know, kind of insipid. Yeah. Um, especially in the, in the scenes where she's in the classroom with the, with Scepter and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I don't really give a shit already. I really don't care about this this kid. And then all of a sudden, he's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And, oh, okay, right, okay. She, she's she's quite fun. Yeah, her character's one of the most interesting ones for me. Um, because, as, as you say, Aya, we just, we just kind of love from the start. It's, it's impossible not to, I think. Um, mm. But Sansa, you you really grow into as the show progresses um she's oh, absolutely yeah. one of the more transformative characters and uh, yeah it's, it's interesting looking back and seeing when that character started because she ends up so differently that that you do forget um, you do but and you certainly do um if you if you were to go back from the end so the probably from well actually from all of season seven and then through season eight seeing where you know what she becomes but then you sort of see where she actually came from yeah, it is really it's really impressive. But there's some some really interesting moments in this season. Um, certainly the last two episodes of the season, I think, where all of a sudden you see this sort of spiky, um, slightly uh, witty, slightly more intelligent than she's given credit for character, and you think, all oh, right, okay, that's um, that's interesting because again, even in the space of eight episodes, ten episodes, she comes an awfully long way. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she does. Um, so she's one to watch, and she's actually, for the most part, um, my kind of ray of hope throughout this show. Generally, her with some huge missteps, but not too many. Generally, her character is consistent, and her yes. actions are consistent, and that's good. There are a few missteps, but they more happen around her than directly because of her. Yeah, but, they kind of happen to her rather yes, than because of her, don't they? Uh, and we'll come on to them again in good time, trying very yeah. carefully to avoid spoilers. Um, but then those of you that do know the show kind of, I, I think, will know where it where I'm going um, yes so yeah we get that and then we, we finally get the royals arriving and Mark Addy just rolls in looking like fucking Father Christmas yeah um, <laughs> yeah after he's been stuck in the chimney yeah less less regal and more festive <laughs> I guess yeah and I think that the, 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 the way that he's introduced obviously he comes in as part of a huge vanguard and you get all the the snuzz of the the Hound comes in first with his imposing, um, his imposing helmet, and you get the King's Guard with their sort of very okay, pointy. Okay, very... look, I'm not leaving that sentence go. Oh fuck off! I'm not leaving that go. The Hound and his imposing helmet. Um, imposing in the sense of battle, where it looks like some sort of fucking animal. Not helping. <laughs> it's just, it's just your dirty mind, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure it is yeah. the mind it goes into. But bearing in mind, we've just been talking about tits for the last couple of minutes then it was a fuck off we've been talking about this for 15 years i took a step and their conclusions were as a... <laughs> yeah okay fair enough um but yes yeah, so, i mean you had this this impressive angle with all these soldiers and all these um, these very um, imposing people and then um, jolly green giant gets out of his uh he lumbers out of his uh, off his horse because he's this big fat bloke who looks a lot like henry the eighth um and everybody bows and then you know he gives this little hand signal so then so ned gets up and everyone else gets up and his first line is you got fat yeah and I'm like, what hang on you're the king and yes okay it, it, it makes him seem jovial and approachable and you know it it, it you know, people will you know, endear him to people because you know, 
let's be fair, he's probably going to have a coronary or something it, at some point. It really you know, does endear him, though, and it endears their relationship as well. Like, it, I instantly does, I like their relationship, and, and it's because of I, that start, I think. They're just talking shit to each other. I think the problem I had is that because of the setting, I wouldn't, you, like, you, you would never expect a monarch to speak to anybody in that way. No. No, in, in, in a fun stereo. Whereas, but when they go into the crypt and you know, they're having the conversation about, um, oh, before they had the conversation about um, about uh, Liana and about um, uh, Ned becoming the hand, then have a bit of banter, then have a bit of a, 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 then shoot a bit of shit. But in front of hundreds of people, that your first words to your lord and host should not be "You got fat." And then laugh and hug him. No, but I mean, I think again that and so, that's part of the character as well, though, and it's certainly something, you know, and and it plays into Cersei's whole disgust with him. You know, he is a he, depending on your stance, he's either jolly and just busting Ned's balls and just a, a lovable oaf, or he's a disgusting, fat disgrace of a monarch. And it just depends on which side. Not just side a monarch, of the, uh, but uh, not just a monarch, but a man. I think yeah. really, you know. I mean, it, again, later on, I mean, they, they allude to it very early on that you know, he's off. What was it? Um, fucking boars and hunting whores. Um, or is it the other way around? Then, yeah, and, and they they kind of set up very early that he's not a good husband. He's not a moral man. He's not a he's not a good king. He just happens to be the one on the throne. And the way his first. Um, his first interaction with anybody that we see it's not serious and it, it just again it gives that impression that he's not really a good king he's no he's not that good a man he's just a bit of a pisshead who happens to be king and there are lots of people who would feel the weight of it more but would be better rulers um, Ned Stark being one of them because of the way you know, because of his moral compass because of the way he's, you know, what he's trying to instill to his children um, the whole thing with Bran early on about another person who passes the sentence yeah. should be the one to swing the sword. It's not. It kind of gives you a bit of hope that you no, know, that the, there is a bit of heart coming to this show, um, because you know, at this stage it's um, it seems quite heavy-handed, but you think it's got to lead somewhere, and then obviously we you know, as we get to to um, to the end of the season and, and what happens there with certainly with um, there's some of the characters we've talked about already. You kind of think, oh right, okay, well, this is a completely different show to the one they've sold us mm-hmm. previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. The, what, rewatching it, I mean, having seen it in the first, no, let's say, good couple of years ago now, hadn't really get paid much attention to it. But having started rewatching it again a couple of weeks ago, before we talked about this, and then watching the first episode again today, um, I've kind of gone, you know what? I wouldn't follow this fucking idiot into battle. I, w- I wouldn't follow him into Greg's. <laughs> Well, no, there'd be Maybe no fucking, fucking food left. Food left. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I get it, but I don't know. I like him. Look, I I have issues with monarchy in general. I am not I am not a royalist. Um, no shit. Yeah. Uh, so I quite like the fact that the king's a bit of a fat drunkard who likes busting his mate's balls. <laughs> I like him, mm. but and I will continue to like him throughout the season. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't mind him, and so I think that's sort of the way that way he was set up. It's, it's not very kingly, and I guess that was the point, and I think yeah. that was probably the bit that bugged me. But later in later episodes, there are things he does which really fuck me off because they are completely beyond character. And therein lies one of the huge issues that I have continually with Game of Thrones: is people acting out of character and also choices not having consequences. That will be a yes. regular 
theme as we go through this podcast. Um, okay, so then, yeah, we moving on, then we, we jump across the sea and we're introduced to... We've already met Jon Snow. We already know that Jon wants to go to the wall and, and join the Night's Watch. So we've met our first potential hero. Um, I say, I say yeah, potential and, and because it. depending on your viewpoint, I guess... This is yeah. the story of one of four people by the time you get to the end of the show. For me, Game of Thrones has always been Jon Snow's story. Um, and, and this episode certainly, I would argue, this sets it up as such as well. Um, it, 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 it does. I think that the, the problem with this show season in general is that it's so stark heavy. Yes. That it kind of skews what could happen. So you get bits with Jon Snow, you get bits with the Lannisters, you get bits with uh, the Targaryens, but not really enough to 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 go on. And I think that later on they rely too much on pe- on people forgiving them for that. Yeah, um, there is this show in general relies far too much on a forgiving audience, um, yes. and they've been allowed to get away with that because unfortunately there is this feeling that's been perpetuated towards it of ah oh, yeah but i never saw that coming yeah maybe you didn't but that's probably because it's that a doesn't fucking make it stupid idea that's why you didn't see it coming <laughs> because it's not right it just doesn't make sense it's not acceptable to just say ah oh, yeah but you'd never have guessed it well no i wouldn't yeah. have <laughs> because it doesn't make yeah. any logical sense whatsoever you know, I'd never have guessed that I may be able to set my hair on fire tomorrow, but it could happen. Doesn't mean I'm going to like it. Um, no, that's right. You know, I've not got much of the fucking stuff left. <laughs> Jesus. I wasn't going near. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm off on a rant. I, I swore I wasn't going to rant this early on. I wasn't going to rant in this episode, but I've, I've gone. I've gone. Right. Okay. Rain it in, Chris. Um, so we jump across the sea. We meet. Daenerys and is it, is it Viserys? Viserys. Yeah, her brother. Yeah. Now, we haven't really talked about the Lannisters yet. I guess that'll come towards the close of the episode now. Um, but it's already yeah. been established that there's there's a, a thing going on with, with Jamie and Cersei. Um, I don't care how wrong it's supposed to be. The shit between Daenerys and Viserys is far worse and far creepier oh, God, than yeah. anything. At least with Jamie and Cersei, as wrong as it might be, you feel that there's genuine affection and tenderness there. This well, is... there is, and the fact that they seem relatively stable, yeah. whereas Viserys, see, I don't know if you've seen, um, it's the, the Blackadder Christmas special where they do um, Christmas Carol, yeah. and there's um, Blackadder's niece um, comes in, in the present day, she comes and they, she ends up stealing the turkey or the goose, and she has this simpering boyfriend who just does nothing but cackle in a really high-pitched, shrieky voice. Yeah, That's what Viserys reminds me of, partly because he looks like He's... him, but he... it, because his character is just such a Tosser. He's a panto villain, is what he is. Yes, he, uh, he is. He is drawn in incredibly broad strokes, uh, mm. and just fucking a creepy pervert is all he is. It's yeah, oh, it, it it's horrible to watch. It really is horrible, horrible to watch. Yes, and and I mean it's it's not as if they've done. This. It's not as if they ne- they never revisit. I mean, there's there's talk all the way through. Um, Especially, actually, it's, it's, it's later in the series where they talk about um, keeping bloodlines pure. So you have this relationship between Cersei and um, and Jaime, but the Targaryens did it for years to keep their dragon blood pure. They they intermarried and they interbred. So it's not it's not as if it, incest is you know, a, a foreign concept in this in this world, uh, or that it's particularly looked down on either. Nobody seems to give a shit. No, um, it, it's just ugh. 
Ugh, it's just creepy. It's horrible. Um, and and there is something. I know it's going to play into a character very heavily, and so she has to start from a place of weakness. But there is just something really distasteful about the way he makes Danny strip here. Um, yes, it's it's not pleasant to watch. But it but it's not even as if it's no. It's it's for the good of what we're trying to do. It's you know it's. You have no. You have to be. You have to look good. And you have to be clean. Also, because it will, in in marrying Carl uh, Drogo, it will improve my chances. It's you do this because I told you to. Because if you yes. don't, it'll piss me off. You wake up the dragon, and I'm going to fucking murder you. And yes, this yes. whole thing of him threat. It's this very sort of passive aggressive threatening thing, and it's like it's almost like it's um she's like an abuse victim. That's how it feels. But she's yes, conditioned. Definitely. Also, yes. she's conditioned to fear him. Even though she has no reason to fear him, it's just because of everything he's told her he will do to her. Yes, and um, has not. It's not the best line, but certainly one of the most memorable of the um, of the episode where um, she says she doesn't want to be called Rogue's Queen, and he says that he will let all forty thousand Dothraki and their horses fuck her if it gets him his throne back. Yeah, and it's like okay, well that's that kind of sets up immediately. A who he is, and B the doormat that she is at this stage. Yeah, she's no, she has no agency whatsoever at this point. She's just there to get fucked. Absolutely, and this is part of the reason. I mean, obviously, this happens to her more and more as the show goes on. She's, you yeah. know, to begin with in these early seasons, she gets a really rough ride, and it's one of the reasons yeah. I don't have a problem with her ultimate character arc towards the end of the show. I'm one of the few people I think that don't. Again, I have a problem with how it was handled. Um, but it does make some logical sense that she would be it, 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 it does and there to say the I least. mean there are I mean it's it's easy now it's easy to look back and knowing where it goes to look back and say all oh, right okay well yeah there are signs of it they have alluded to it in places um but I think a lot of it's a throwaway yes that you kind of you unless you are unless you know what to look for you won't get it the problem for me I, did, I didn't mind how it went the problem I had was the speed in which it was done yes in the her yes, character yes, just yeah. completely flipped on its head for like the fifth time in yes, the show. It was how it was handled. Um, so, but yeah, we'll get to that in like no yeah, yeah. So yeah, we get more boobs. Um, in fact, doesn't she, she, we get her ass as well? Don't we? Oh. We get yeah. Yes. Um, and then I think we're just slightly north of the navel, yeah, aren't and, we? Uh, when you when she's and then off. when we next see her for this kind of wedding scene, she's in this kind of sheer dress. Yes, and her boobs are basically on show again. Like there's no. They are, and like she, she's she's there like coat hooks yeah. because you know, clearly that really hot that really hot bath where and again you get this really. You wouldn't notice it unless you knew what was coming later on, where she gets in this bath and she you knows she's not she's not even flinched, and you can see all the steam coming off it, and somebody says, "Oh, that's too hot," and she doesn't respond. Yeah, and again, you don't. I mean, there are ways to read it. I mean, when I first um, when I first saw this episode, I read it that it's a it's a pain thing. It's the you no, know, it's how she responds to the fact that she's you no, know, she's unhappy. She's doing this to herself in order to get some sort of control over. You no, know, it's something she can control. But as obviously as you go into later on, there's this whole thing with fire, and which yeah. again I don't want to get into and, and, and give away. But it's 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 in, it's it's nice uh, it's nice seeding. It's no, they've they've set it up quite well for what will come in probably seven or eight episodes time yeah and i mean she gets given her dragon eggs as a wedding gift and and everything you know again mm. the, the seeds of the character are there um i just don't see the reason that her tits have to be on show here to be honest no and i think i think to be honest a lot of it was the fact that we have a young actress who will do it we're paying her bobbins for what the show will make but for her it's probably a shitload of money 
So yeah, get them out of. Yeah, uh, as I said earlier, it's, and that was probably the extent of it. It's basically softcore porn. Um, it's yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and then we get to the actual wedding ceremony itself, uh, and there's a live rape show. Lovely. Um, yeah. I can't. Def- but they're savages, and that's how they've justified it. They're savages. Not, not only can I not defend it, um, I don't even want to talk about it. It's just disgraceful. I don't, I don't. I don't think there's any mileage to be had in even trying to joke about it. It's fucking disgraceful. No, and <laughs> it is, and it, it, you don't. I mean, the, the the Dothraki have been so set up as savages. They talks about they, they've talked about their um their warrior ethic, the thing with you know, chopping off their braid, you know, the braids of their fallen enemies and stuff like that. Um, that's all fine. That sets up the characters perfectly. You don't need this live sex show. Um, it, it's not just a live sex show. Like they're taking her by force. Well, it's yeah. rape. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, no, you you don't need any of that. You don't no, need, we don't need you don't to need see any that. of this this wedding. Not at all. You don't need no. to see any of it. You've had the you've had the scene, um, let's say, where as you say, you see her and you know, she's practically on show again. Um he rides up to her on his horse, looks at her and then fucks off. And no, that's kind of it. You don't need any more than that. No. Um it's it's just wrong. Um really is. No, it it, it it's not it's not even as if they needed to set up the fact that these characters no, that the this this race is the the the, the Dothraki are no are savages. They've already done that by talking about their battle prowess and the fact that he's taking them on as an army to try and retake his throne. Yeah. And you only you, know, you only not... need to listen to the language as well. Like he barks yeah. and he sounds like fucking Jabba the Hutt when he talks. It's it's it, to me it was a bit like, it was a bit like Klingon. Yeah, same sort of thing. Especially yeah, it's with, got a very um, harsh guttural yeah. tongue. It's clearly yes, it's clearly it. an aggressive sounding language. Um yeah. these are very clearly nomads or savages you know they're clearly somebody not to be fucked with so yeah absolutely what yeah we don't need a live rape show um no okay but i guess somebody wanted it and they were footing the bill um well yeah unfortunately and and like Um, i said in general this first season and and the second season there's just nudity everywhere and it was I remember at the time it was something that everybody was talking about oh have you seen Game of Thrones no you've got to watch it there's tits everywhere um, uh, yeah more power to you if that's what floats your boat uh, that's all over yeah. the internet so if that's all you want stop dragging everyone else well, down be... with you to be fair but not only that let's, let's be fair you know, the, the, the state the internet's in these days you don't need to sit through 62 no, minutes of Game of Thrones to see yeah, tits you, you want to yeah. fucking you want to knock one off quickly just go to whatever it's called Red Tube or whatever I'm pretending like I don't know uh, <laughs> <laughs> but look you want to rub one out like really is Game of Thrones the place to do it no I think not um, especially no because especially two... here where there is actually a lot of setup and a lot of story beats being put into place for yeah there's, there's like, a lot of work attention. going on don't be looking at the live rape show um, yeah Okay, so let, yeah, let's just move on because I don't want to fucking talk about it anymore. That's our introduction to Danny. Yeah. She's somebody who will just give herself over to Carl Drogo, anybody, uh, and get her tits out for for nothing. Um, yeah. So that's gonna say. So moving on from that, we go back to back to Winterfell, and you get um, Robert yeah. um, Robert in the crypt with um, with Ned, and they introduce the the storyline of uh, Lyanna Stark, uh, who's Ned's sister. Um, Robert was in love with her; should have married her. Um, and then she died, and then that's you get. They don't. They, it's not explicit, but it, it comes out later on that that's basically the reason why they went to war um, with Mad King, um, and that's how Robert ended up on the throne. Um, again, they. It's late. Obviously, we see the importance later on, but 
this whole th- the thing with um, Leanna, it, it pops up once or twice in season one, but then it kind of goes away for a good couple yeah. of years. And this is where the binging of it all um, comes in, because by the time it had reared its head again, yes. I was... I, oh, yeah, I had no fucking idea what it was No, when I, like, eventually I, I cottoned on, but originally I was like, who the fuck's Leanna? Oh, yeah, okay, you know? Yeah, because I, I, I remember see, I was on Facebook or somewhere and I saw the um, uh, R plus L equals J thing. I was like, what the fuck is that about? And I read it and I still didn't it's like know what the other was like a bad fucking algebra lesson, isn't it? It's like, what? Game of Thrones yeah. theories are like, like fucking maths, honestly. Yeah, I know. It's fucking ridiculous. But I was, I was they going, I don't even know what that's about. I've seen it and I don't know what you're talking about. So, I mean, it's it's because it's so thrown away. I think after, um, after about episode eight of the season, you don't hear about her again. For God knows how no. long. No. So probably till the end of season five. I mean, there's a lot of that as well, though. Like, by the time we see Benjin in this episode, and I think he might crop up. I've not watched, I'm watching this as I go, so I haven't watched forward in the season yet. I think we might see him once or maybe twice more. Uh, I think you see him twice more and then he disappears. And, and the then he's gone for like four or five years to the point where he shows back, up and, a, yeah, shows back up and has a big hero moment. And I was like, who the fuck is that? And then you never see him again. What? <laughs> Who yeah. is that? Well, that was it, and then you, and then you never no. see him again. Um, but that's, I guess, that's part of the problem of having this, as I said, this, this huge story to tell with all of these moving parts, um, and to have to tell it episodically. Whereas, if you have the luxury of binging it, which you could do now, start to end, then it would yeah. probably make a lot more sense, and you'd remember these things. Um, yeah, but, that, that's right, and I think that that was the problem I had is that having binged the first four seasons, I think it was. And then having to watch the last four as they are as they're on TV, you do forget so much, especially when you have such big gaps. Because you, you know, you I say you only get ten episodes, you get ten movies effectively every season, apart from the last two. So it's a lot to take in, a lot to remember, and then add that to the gap you get. Yeah, and it's just nigh on impossible to keep up with. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, but yeah, we we get the scene in the crypt. We get more discussions about bastards. Like I've forgotten how liberally the term bastard is thrown about in this first season as well. Like it's, it's yeah. it feels like I mean that should be the drinking game. Besides winter is coming. Like you need to do a shot every time someone says bastard because yeah, true. I, I swear they're having fun with it. Like they they know they can legitimately get away with it as not being a swear because they mean it yes. in the actual sense of the word. But, Although to be fair, with I mean, as you get further into the season and with particular characters, especially um, bastard isn't really a swear anyway. Now, when you've got people dropping c bombs everywhere, yeah, good point, good point. But they, which I I don't have a problem with, but you know the fact it's no, it's used like no, it's used like a comma. Um, I think it's uh, I've used it difficult. in this podcast already. I know I have. Uh, oh, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, oh, I was fairly quiet about it, but yeah, I've, I've... <laughs> I'm amazed I haven't. To be fair, can't. Um. Anyway, now I've definitely used it. Um, <laughs> I was just going to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and and then um, and then we we sort of the episode closes out. Then. Um, well, no, there's a fairly important bit before it closes out. So you've got um, there's two big, uh, two important bits left. Um, this okay. episode, so you've got after they've had all the shenanigans and you have you no, know, there's a banquet in honor of the, in honor of uh, Robert and the, so the, the the royal family who are visiting. Uh, in which um, we see um, King Robert basically whoring around while the Queen watches. Um, you know, move on from there, and you have after this feast, you've got Ned is in bed with Cat, and they're talking about you know him going off to be the Hand, and then you get he, she um, 
Cat gets a letter from her sister saying that John Aaron, who is the, the previous Hand of the King, was murdered. He didn't die of a fever. He was murdered. Um, at which point, obviously, you set off in this whole Sherlock Stark thing, which comes up for the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, which is what I thought this show was going to be then. You know? Yes, I did too, actually. Um, I thought it was going to be about oh, who's killed him, why have they killed him, what are we going to find out? And again, that's kind of thrown away by the end of the season as well. Um, so you have that, and that kind of sets up where the rest of the season is going. And then the the ending then... Sort just, of before, the, um, just before we get to the end sorry. of the episode, there is there is a lovely moment there, and it's actually... It's probably my... Well, no, probably it is my favourite moment of this episode. There's just this, this lovely... The start of this scene is about... 30 seconds to a minute of just Ned and and Kat in bed together just being a married couple where he's talking yeah. about going away and she's like I'm not going to let him I'm, I think the dialogue is something like he says well why, how are you going to stop him and she says well I'm going to go to him and I'm going to say listen fat man you can't take yeah. my husband away or something to that effect and it's just this lovely yeah. jovial scene of two people who are obviously very in love with each other just just fucking around and it's lovely. Yeah. Um, it, it really compared to all the horrible shit we've already seen, we've seen zombies, beheadings, rapes, uh, every you know we've seen a hell of a lot of horrible stuff. And there's this just this beautiful tender moment between these two characters. Yeah. It's lovely. It, it is. Uh, you're right. And I think it's it kind of it it sets up a particular a sort of um, sense of you know, oh well no. The, they're the centre of this show so you have all these characters coming around but no, they're going to be the anchor they're going to be the nucleus of this show and that's kind of where it's going to go over the next however many years it runs for yeah and then you know, spoilers dun 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 yeah um, so yeah um, so yeah you're right it's, it's, a, it's a lovely scene and I think that it's probably the I say it is probably the most enjoyable scene of the episode just because it's so normal yes it is it's it's lovely it really is a lovely scene um, but yeah we're, we're quickly out of that and on to more incest great as yeah. Jamie takes um, his sister the, from behind yes um now this this um you you watching this episode you'll never realize how important this scene is no um and as we go as we go forward and you look at the character the characters as they develop through the through the years this scene is absolutely pivotal because if this doesn't happen none of it fucking happens no it really is key. Whereas, whereas the first time through, at least, this just feels like a way to establish Jamie as a cop. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. I was, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna throw it out again, and then I changed tack halfway <laughs> to go for cock, which was slightly less. But yeah, you, yeah, he's a cunt. Um, yeah. Which up yeah, until and, this and point, and he hasn't it, appeared to be. He's actually been quite charming, and he is. And uh, you get this, this very snide bit in the in the banquet where he approaches Ned, and he there's a there's a, an undertone between them. Yes, but even um, so, it doesn't. To... He's not really sold as a villain in that. Even I don't. Think. No, he's not, and he's he's very non-threatening. Yes. He's just a bit smug, and he always reminds me of um, in Shrek Two. We have Prince Charming. Yes. He is that character. He's a smuggler twat. You want to punch in the face. Yeah, I I don't even get that from him. I um, full disclosure, even the, at this the... early stage, and even after he pushes he pushes Brown out the window. There you go. I'm just spoilers. We were coming to it anyway. The... Um, even at this early stage, one of my absolute favourite characters in the show. Um, love him. I absolutely love the guy, and I love his story. The, he really got fucked over at the end. Um, yeah, well, we'll come to that. I, the his end was terrible just um, a charming but, yeah, motherfucker uh, an absolutely he, he charming was motherfucker but you, you come to it and say he has this sort of smugness this arrogance to him which 
it suits the character and he, he portrays it beautifully. But it's just even the way he looks with the floppy blonde yeah. hair and the golden armor. He looks like Prince Charming yes. from Shrek. Yeah. Um and you you do wanna you do wanna punch him, but that's the way he's set the way he's portrayed it and it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. But you have this thing, so Bran climbs up an abandoned tower, he gets to the top and he finds um Jamie giving his sister one. So she panics. He's going to tell the king. He saw us all the rest of it. Jamie brings him in, puts an arm around him. Bloody hell, you climbed a long way. How did you get all the way up here? He makes him feel comfortable. And then with the biggest shit-eating grin you've ever seen, just shoves him out the window and lets him fall. It's great. Doesn't even look back. Great. He doesn't even watch him fall. Such a good it's scene. beautiful. Yeah, such a good scene. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and his delivery so as well, the and, things I do for love. It's just, it's yeah, great. and then he goes back to presumably give her another yeah. one. Um, and it's so important because you don't then see the the result of that for another seven and a half years. No, but one thing I have made a note of here, it is, as you say, it's a very good scene. It's a very important scene. Um, but I, I guess you don't think about this the first time you're watching it through because it is actually quite shocking. You're not expecting that to happen, especially because Jamie's been portrayed as so charming up until this point. But what... And, and nobody hurts kids no, in TV no. either. But... but sort of looking back on it now and knowing where things go and knowing uh, having a little bit of foresight with these characters like i'm confused as to does he push him because they're afraid they're going to get found out because it's it's common knowledge that they're fucking each other like nobody flat out says it but everybody knows it's one of those things that like everybody but it's, knows it's the thing, they, they... But they set it up very early on. So when you had the first scene where they're at um, John Aaron's, um, where he's laying in, laying in state of where, where they're by his body, there's a thing of, if the king knew, our heads would be on spikes. So they don't care if anybody else knows because they can just deny it. But if the king knows, they'll be killed. And yeah. the fact that you know, they're in, you know, Stark, in House Stark and all the rest of it, it's very important that the king doesn't find out. So the, it's a case of, in our, no, we're, we're not in our world anymore. We're not in King's Landing where we can hide away and all the rest of it. We're in Winterfell where all eyes are on us because we're no, we're guests and we're very visible and we're very prominent. And you're the queen for fuck's sake. So I guess, but throw, I, throw, yeah, I still just feel like every everyone knows. Like the king. Well, they, they didn't at this knows. stage today. I mean, the fact. Well, they didn't. I mean, that was the whole thing. And as we get into you know, the, the Sherlock Stark, but that's one of the, the key things that nobody seems to realise. In that case, I have forgotten. For I have forgotten time. that. As I say, I've not. I'm rewatching as we go, so I'd forgotten this was a big revelation. Then, um, I just sort of think yeah. back that it's it's almost hurled at the two of them like an insult um, at some points during this show. So, so I assume that that it was common. So, okay, then in that in that case, that explains that. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm I mean, just it's thinking only really, two steps ahead. Um, yeah, it's it's only really Tyrion who mentions it in, in this episode, which yeah, um, or he, he implies it, yeah. doesn't he? Um, so yes, I mean that that's the reason for throwing him out the window. It's I said that they don't want to, they don't want the king to find out because the king will kill them because for all the all the fucking right the king does. It's that's still his wife, that's still his queen, and that that's mine. Hands yeah. off. The fact that he doesn't want her is there's neither here nor there. Yeah. Okay, well, in, in that case, then yeah, fine. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, approved. no, no, fine. I, I just, I was literally, I was watching it and thinking forward, and I was like, well, is he just doing this because he's a prick, or is he doing this because they're worried about people finding out? In which case, 
It's a bit of both, really. Yeah, isn't because, it? well, if it was, they were worried about people finding out. I was like, this is a bit redundant because everybody knows. But then I'm just, <laughs> I'm misremembering it in that case. Um, I, th- I think this is the problem. So, you know, the, the, there's a, a whole, there's a whole thing of a, of a, of a library book or a, a book from the, um, uh, what should we call it? Um, yeah, from what is effectively a library, um, which John Aaron had out, and then Ned Stark gets out, and they come to the same realization. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's this whole thing that you're not supposed to put two and two together yet. Okay, in which case, maybe don't show it to us. Um, well, yeah, I don't know, just a thought. Um, but then I guess we need to get to push yeah. it around out the window. Well, yeah, because that's kind of important. Even for the even for this early part of the first season, it's quite important that you know his his journey starts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, another character who is always an annoying prick. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm not saying I took Floppy pleasure in seeing him get pushed out of the window, but yeah. I was yeah, kind I wasn't overly concerned, I've got to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not about the fucking yeah, assistant that's thing, fair. that's obviously wrong, but pushing the annoying squirt out the window, yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. Um and so then we get credits with with nary another mention of a white walker we see them in the opening and we hear them discussed at the beat and dismissed yeah, and, and dismissed yeah um and this will be another of my recurring problems throughout the show um it as i say john has always felt like the hero to me and the real story and they even set it up by showing them in the first scene the real story here has always felt like it's the story of of the fight against the White Walkers and somebody having to unite the kingdom so that man can stand united. And then the political machinations and stuff are hurdles that get in the way of that. Um, that becomes yeah. very muddy as the show goes on to the point where you barely see the White Walkers in the latter seasons. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, obviously they've announced um, a prequel show that's coming um, in the next couple of years. And there have been some... some there's a press release that's been talking about what it's going to entail and the, the origin of the White Walkers and stuff like that. I would, rather than that, I would much rather, because you have the origin of the White Walkers in, we see like, it in season the show. six of, yeah. of Game of Thrones. So rather than that, I, what I want to see is the Night's Watch. Yes, definitely. Fighting against yes. the White Walkers, them having their history with them. That's the, that's the show I want to see. That's the show we were promised from the, start, from the first scene. Yeah, that's you, the show we were promised well, that we'll never get. It. And that's another. That's it. And now you can build this brotherhood. You can build these characters that you will, you will, no, you will take it. No, you will take it. Takes to your heart that you will, you will really engage with. And then one of them will die yeah. horribly because that's how TV works. Um, that's what. I so said that's what we were promised. And I think that's what having now seen where Game of Thrones goes and what and the fact they've st- they've started talking about this um, spin-off prequel. That's the show I wanted, yes. and that's the show I'm not going to get yeah. again. And they fucked that royally. Uh, they really did fuck that royally this season. Yes. Um, but there you go. That's for uh, four years' time or whatever. Um, <laughs> it'll come up before then because I'm so fucking angry about oh. it. I'm not going to be able to contain myself <laughs> for four years. Well, maybe, maybe the time we get to that, if we get to the, uh, the last season, where you'll calm down a bit. Uh, no, I really won't have. Um, if anything, <laughs> it'll just open an old wound. Um, I've, well, yeah, because you have to go back and watch it again. I, if if I hadn't have already invested like six or seven years in the show, I would have stopped watching after episode three of season eight because I was done. I was out. That was the last straw. Um, I yeah, did see it through to no, the end. I'm glad I did because they kind of won me back around a little, if I'm honest, but only very slightly. 
Um, I think part of the reason I wasn't so affected by the finale as everyone else is because I had given up hope by that point. So, like, my expectations were so low, so, so low, <laughs> that they just, they had to surpass them, essentially. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Um, yeah, and as I think that if we also will get, we'll get to that. But I mean, certainly for a first episode, I mean, I, I've enjoyed rewatching. I've not, uh, thoroughly there, enjoyed there, it. There are there yeah. issues that we've obviously we've we've, we've come up with these They're things. Fairly that, slight, but, though. For a for a podcast called Game of Moans, we haven't moaned much this episode. Not about this episode, anyway. This has actually been a pretty good episode. Um, my my summation that I've written here, uh, overall not bad. Good opening all around. Some awful dialogue and some ropey performances in places as well. But hey, everybody's still learning here. Yeah, and there's um, lots of boobs, so you know. Hey. It's way too much gratuitous nudity. That's that's my closing line here. Way 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 too much. Yeah. But if if that's what you're into, then you know this is this is a good place to start. Uh, yeah, yeah. But if that's what you're into, I can't honestly recommend that you go and buy a box set of Game of Thrones. No, go, go like, watch some porn. Yeah, go get something for free off the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, so that's so that's episode one. Um, that's Winter's Coming. Um, yeah. So we've said it about fifty times. So that's about fifty shots I or somebody. Um, Plus bastard as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, we, I'm fairly sure we'll divide opinion on this. There are some people who are absolute diehards for the show. It's the best thing ever. It's perfect and nothing can be wrong with it. There are some people who absolutely hated it from the off and didn't stick with it. And there are some people who you know, liked it in secret but actually railed against it on the internet because that's what the internet's for. Um, but either way, we, you know, we, we, we'd love to get people's thoughts on it. Um, there's some stuff I haven't really covered, um, particularly on the character of Joffrey, because I'll get into that in the next couple of episodes. Um, just the way that he's um, he's sold and the way they set him up. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear people's thoughts. Um, you can get in touch with us via our website, uh, ddpodcast.net, um, on Facebook with the Double M Podcast Network, on Twitter, we're at ddpodcastnet. Um, yeah, get in touch, let us know what you think. Um, try and keep it clean, try and keep the abuse to a minimum, unless it's a threat that you're saying to Chris. Um, but yeah, until next time. Game over.